Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Pushing the Envelope, where all manner of fringe topics are covered from a purely biblical perspective. We are your hosts, uh, Matthew Miller and Brian Ingram. We're going to be covering uh, aspects about uh, the biblical timeline as pertaining to the book of Revelation. There is uh, no more debate uh, in the Bride of Christ than in this one particular issue. You know, the very first question that, that, that always comes up, Brian, it, it, it is inevitable. So, when's the rapture? It's always a question. There, there is no other question. They want to know if you are pre, mid, or post-trip. They do not even know the proper etymology to address you with. Whether you like it or not, ladies and gentlemen, the children of Israel went through all ten plagues. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, they went through all ten plagues. And they did not, in any course of events, suffer any wrath at all. Not any. They were untouchable. So the event that really splits this timeline in two needs to be looked for. That event, of course, is the crossing of the Red Sea, where God strangely puts into the text three times that the walls were, that the water was standing up like walls on both sides. You're supposed to look for that event in the book of Revelation when that happens. That will be the dividing event. That's when you are taken to a place that's been prepared for you by God, just like he himself said. So uh, just because the wrath is going on doesn't mean it's you're going to be touched. That's not what the text says at all. <laughs> it, it never said that, actually. So, uh, Brian, your comments on just what I've said so far, because it's – it's really kind of strange to me that anybody would think anything different. But what's your thoughts on it? What well, throughout, specifically the very last one, when the blood is upon the doorpost, they don't endure that one. So no, it doesn't state that they went through those. Not altogether too much. I mean, you've got Avarice or Goshen, whichever you prefer to call it where they were protected through the time frame. That's right. So they didn't – God's wrath was not poured out on them. I mean, even we have with the darkness, it says that the light shone where they were at. So it just astounds me when these people come up with this as a divider in everybody's mind. So ladies and gentlemen, we have to look for an event in the book of Revelation that is just like the water standing up like walls on both sides. This was a dividing event. We also need to take into consideration that uh, things happened in the 40 years of the wilderness that makes absolutely no sense. How did their clothes not wear out? Why was it that they had to eat manna? Because when they did get to eat meat and God sent the uh, birds and they ate them, of course, plague spread. So you can infer one way or the other that they couldn't, in fact, eat anything else. And 
people have been sending me privates, Brian. Our 1,260-day sequence has something mathematically to do with a 40-year time span. And the only ones that came through that, of course, was two, Joshua and Caleb. Two witnesses came through that. You can plainly see that. And, of course, we see that, ladies and gentlemen, that's how the book of Numbers starts. Starts out with the numbering, and it gives you very specific information about ages there, too, right in the first few verses. But it gives you a, an age there for who is to be counted and who is not to be counted, and that's exactly what you have in the book of Revelation. Exactly. We are reminded uh, right from the beginning uh, of that sequence of events, ladies and gentlemen, that those who uh, are at the altar in heaven, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, don't you know how they got there? Well, they died. So a Orthodox Jewish person that reads the book of Revelation, they have just instinctive insight into this because this has been drilled into their heads. They know full well why those people are at the altar and they are not in Hades. Now, let us remember that you have to say Hades just like it is because… Yes, you can be separated out into that special place called paradise in Hades, no doubt about it. The Word of God is very clear that there is a guff of sorts that separates those that are with Abraham and those that are not. makes itself perfectly clear. But these, they're special. They did not die of natural causes. They are the exact opposite of all of the rebellious children of Israel that died inside that 40 years. They are their exact opposite. And if you're an Orthodox Jew that's never read the New Testament before, you see that and you know exactly, exactly why that event must take place. You realize what's going on here. Now, let's, let's read this. Ladies and gentlemen, from Revelation chapter 6. Uh, let's start out with verse 9. The Lamb broke the fifth seal. I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God, because of the testimony which they had maintained. Now, and I want you to realize that he just gave you a quite time-specific group here. This group in Revelation chapter 12, this exact description is given for the rest of her children. So you're supposed to put that in your heart, just like Mary did whenever Jesus was found in the temple after three days completing the sign of Jonah. That time, anyway. It's a nice acronal event. It states quite plainly that from that time forward, Jesus obeyed them, and he grew in stature and wisdom and in favor with God and men. You're supposed to see all of these things because when you go back to the book of Numbers, well, we'll – We'll cover that here in a minute, but anyway, let me let me continue. And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? This is the exact opposite. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to realize that all prophecy is not only isochronal. It is also either a shadow or a silhouette. This is the exact opposite thing. An Orthodox Jew that reads this, 
sometimes will be provoked to tears when they realize it is the exact opposite of what happened to them in the 40 years. Let us continue. And there was given to each of them a white robe, and they were told that they should rest a little while longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were to be killed even as they had been would be completed also. Ladies and gentlemen, those people that are going to get numbered is just the very next chapter. He just told you that. He just told you that the next number that you see is going to be those that are worthy to get a get out of Hades free card. They don't go to paradise. They're they're martyrs. He just told you that. The next thing you should be looking for, ladies and gentlemen, is something that's going to separate you from that wrath. You should be looking for it. It should be staring you right in the face. Just take note that on the other side of the 40 years in the wilderness, of course, they had to cross the Jordan, did they not? So you're supposed to keep all of this in mind that this is an isochronal event. But the next event describes it quite plainly. And not only that, it says that every person on the earth receives supernatural information. That's what it says. There's no body claiming that God doesn't exist on this day. You realize that, right? Lottie Dottie, everybody on the face of the planet knows it is the great day of he who sitteth upon the throne. And who is able to stand? So you have to realize that all the good things that are going to happen to the woman as she is taken into the wilderness... The exact opposite thing is going to happen to everybody else, and that's why when you continue reading, you hear that eventually it is so terrible. They gnaw their tongues and wish they could die, but God laughs at them and tells death to flee from them. This is the worst judgment of all, ladies and gentlemen, if God just don't let you die. This is where the whole concept of zombies come from, ladies and gentlemen. That comes straight out of the Bible. So from this point forward it's it's not really hard to figure out what's going on but Brian I am well aware that back when I met you um ladies and gentlemen there's no sense for us to mince words about it Brian asked me the same question asked me the exact same question about the rapture but when do you what's your position on the rapture <laughs> and so does everybody else. They always do. Well, I mean, we should point out, too, at that stage, I'd already came to my own conclusion, and everybody around here pretty much thought I was nuts that I concluded there was no such thing. So that <laughs> was one of those uh, interesting times in my life, that was for certain. Well, tell me, Brian, you just said you come to that conclusion by yourself, so you didn't get this teaching off of, uh, I don't know, the internet. You didn't figure this out off the internet. You figured this out from the Bible? Yep. I sat down and read through uh, all the different prophetic texts, basically uh, blocking out everything I had ever heard. And by the time I got done, I just sat there shaking my head going, okay, I'm seeing about a thousand, uh, maybe a million different things that are in stark contrast to what they've been teaching over the years. That's right. That's right. 
It, it is in stark contrast because all those things are new, Bri. They're new. Well, I was just going to state the biggest thing, I mean, especially since we're covering the timeline, that is going to be the first and foremost thing you're going to notice no matter how you try to slide these little timelines into place, throwing in the um, infamous event that everybody is so, you know, asks about or is concerned about, you can't make a timeline work no matter what you do. It's just every single time, you know, depending on whatever view is used, it just does not compute no matter what. That's right, it doesn't. And uh, on Facebook, by the way, I I posted a timeline, and people didn't really appreciate the simple fact that they called the four writers evil. They called them evil. And what's even more funny is they said that Elijah came back on this timeline (laughs) and not only told everybody to flee, but where to flee for and how long they had to flee. It, it was absolutely comical. It, it was – well, it was sad is what it was. It was really sad. Uh, but um, let's, let's talk about that. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a way you can know where you're at. That, that's certainly for sure because those four writers, they are the four craftsmen that's in the first chapter of Zechariah. And if you give this, uh, if you give the seven seals, most particularly the first four, if you give them to a sociologist, and I've done this in an institution of higher learning in the sociology department, the head of the sociology department, I said, tell me, what, what will this accomplish? All of them that I gave it to had the same exact response. Well, this is going to make the global system fall apart. Most illicitly, the trade, because, of course, the sociologists know all about the simple fact that the world absolutely depends on the global trade. They said, yeah, it's history. You can't do it with this. First thing they said. So, ladies and gentlemen, you you have to realize that that's why Zechariah calls them craftsmen. They are unleashed to prevent the ten kings from establishing a new world order. That's why you hear me say this sometimes and people get confused and ask me questions about it. What is the never was ordained? Ladies and gentlemen, that is the same acronym. N-O-W, never was ordained. It can't be ordained. It can't be. Why? This is also an isochronal event with the election of King Saul. God's going to say, all right, you want your king, you want your one world government, you want your new world order, I'm going to give him to you and I'm going to shove him down your throat. And that's exactly what happens between Revelation chapter 7 and Revelation chapter 14. He shoves King Saul down their throat. So this is why, because we know full well, Brian and I have discussed this many times, even the Club of Rome released their world that had been divided up into ten regions in 1973, and they did so, of course, ladies and gentlemen, that was right around the Six-Day War. Does everybody even know there – yes, there was a war in 1967. There was also a war in 1973. God said no. <laughs> he is not going to let them establish a new world order. Something – Provokes them, you understand, that this is real Bible prophecy right here. 
what is the instigating event that would cause these ten kings to burn their golden egg? This is a question. Now, when we look at what's going on in the world right now, ladies and gentlemen, everyone knows that the new world has been set up to be the consumer base for the rest of the world. Everybody knows that. I mean, Brian and I shared with you the mainstream news article just a few weeks ago. You take the new world, and we are well over one-third of all consumable goods consumed on this planet. So something happens to disrupt this Silk Road. Something happens to that golden egg. And, of course, God tells us exactly what they do. He puts it into their heart to burn Mystery Babylon. But until that time, they are harassed by those four craftsmen that you know to be seals one through four. All the sociologists know this. <laughs> they, they know that's what is going on. You cannot establish a new world order with the events described in those first four seals. You can't do it. It can't be done. So with that in mind, please know and, and understand that when you take the parallel apocalypse, which is – that's what it's called academically, is the parallel apocalypse. It's found in the book of Isaiah. This is why Isaiah chapter 24 has been written, because he wants to give you all the full mill deal details about when he stands up, and bloody dotty everything stands up with him. He wants you to know what goes on. He wants you to know… That's why he's already warned you previously before Revelation chapter 6 that you're going to be tested for 10 days. He's expecting you to know what that means. Because, ladies and gentlemen, you, you, you need to try to wrap your mind around how time works. Look at it this way. I hope that everybody realizes why there's 24 hours in a day. Now, I'm not trying to insult you. That is based upon our… Revolutions per minute, ladies and gentlemen, that's how fast we're spinning. Not how fast we're going through the heavens, it's how fast the earth spins. We divide that by 24 because that is also an integer of our path through the heavens, our orbital path, which also has a velocity that is constant. In Isaiah chapter 24, he tells you most illicitly that your RPMs or your rotational speed is going to go awry. Not only that, he tells you your orbital path is going to go awry. He tells you point blank that the earth staggers in her path. He's expecting you to know that. This is why Numbers starts out the way it starts. You're supposed to realize in your mind that these two groups are given. And last night on air, Brian, you would have loved it because… John Mark Gomez just kept right on reading. He read Revelation chapter 7, and then he read Revelation chapter 14, and he didn't make a break. Nobody said anything. They didn't even realize what he was doing because it flows naturally. And if you do that, ladies and gentlemen, see for yourself because between those two chapters is nothing but absolute chaos chronology. That's why you're told when the, bit, when the abyss is opened up, how long does that event take? It's five months, ladies and gentlemen. That is directly tied to when time went crazy the first time. 
That's the flood, ladies and gentlemen. That, that's the flood. The Bible uses two different integers to describe this event. The Bible says it was five months. It also says it was 150 days. No, that's not possible on our calendar. At most, you can only get 848 days because, ladies and gentlemen, our months don't have 30 days in them. God keeps the witness faithful by way of what you know to be lunar standstill. I posted it today on Twitter. I suggest you look it up. Yeah, it's real. Lunar standstill is real, and that's how the faithful know to keep time. But anyway, in any event, ladies and gentlemen, if you're trying to put Revelation chapters 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13 on a timeline, you can't do that. Those six chapters can't be done. Did you hear what I just said? It should have caught your attention. That's right. It's six chapters. Because during that time, God intends on undoing what he did in six days. Did You, you do know that's 144 hours, right? God was done making everything, and he said it was good after 144 hours. You do know he's expecting you to see that. You do realize this is why the group in Revelation chapter 7 is numbered differently than they are in Revelation chapter 14. Because in Revelation chapter 7, he uses alphanumerics. What that is, ladies and gentlemen, is you know when you write out a check, right? In the little box, you spell it out, don't you? If the check's for $100, you write 100.00. But then on the line part, you have to write that out. You have to write 100 and zero percents, right? Well, in Revelation chapter 7, he uses alphanumerics to number that 144. And then with the thousands, he uses the final sigma, which means and calculates to 666. He's expecting you to know that. So literally, when you look at it alphanumerically, it doesn't say 144,000. It says 144666 because you're supposed to know. He just… He just told you that this is the number that's going to complete the number that has been martyred. He just told you that just a few verses before. I mean, there's no way you can't get it. He's letting you know that this number of 144,000 fulfills the number that he just told you about that's at the altar in heaven. Yet, in Revelation chapter 14, he writes it out. He writes out 144,000. Now, I know a lot of you are… King James only, and and I'm sorry that that's that's not properly done in your Bible because it could be done in English. I mean, I just told you how to do it, ladies and gentlemen. In Revelation chapter six, it shouldn't be written out. It should be. I mean, we should use in our tongue the Arabic numerals. That'd be the only way to translate what God's doing. You'd have to put a one, a four, a four, and then a zero, zero, zero. And then in Revelation chapter 14, you should write it out longhand. It should say 144,000. Then, then it could be – it could get your attention. So you're supposed to know these things, that there is no way possible the six chapters that comprises Revelation chapters 8 through 13 on a timeline. You can't do it. You're wasting your time. Now, he just – 
mentions, he just talks about something else that is going to get your attention. He tells you when the stars fall. Verse 13 of Revelation chapter 6. And the stars of the sky fell to earth as a fixed tree cast its unripe fibs when shaken by a great wind. Ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly you're you're told in a parable when that happens. Ladies and gentlemen, Revelation chapter 12, that's the reason why it's written in parable form because it's not on the timeline. You can't. It does have a sequence, but it is not a secular. Let me explain that. A secular is a quanta of time. Whether it be a day, an hour, a lifetime, a decade. But if we're changing on a moment-by-moment basis our RPMs, how fast the earth is spinning, and you're changing at a moment-by-moment integer how fast you're going around the sun in your orbital path, you can't put that on a timeline. It has to be given by way of a parable. Now, Brian… I hope that all the listeners realize that that's why Revelation chapter 12 gives you the rest of the details that he just gave you in verse 13 of chapter 6. It says that one-third of the stars are swept out of the sky. He's also relating to you, of course, what most people call sacred geometry. Well, what's, what's sacred geometry? That must be witchcraft. No, ladies and gentlemen, there is proof beyond any consternation. Sacred geometry is when you build a building and encode it with your dimensions. Those dimensions, of course, is 21,600 nautical miles. That is how they built the pyramids. Uh, That's how Andrew Collins made his discoveries at uh, uh, his uh, real popular site that he's working on now. Because, ladies and gentlemen, with that being the case, you have to understand that's why that the 432 ratio is encoded in all of those temples. I mean, I hope I didn't just confuse you. Let me explain to you. 144 is a mathematical proportionate ratio to one-third of not only the dimensions of this planet, but the dimensions of this solar system, and we can keep going on and on for days. And this is not anything we can debate, ladies and gentlemen, because... The archaeoastronomers have already proved this several decades ago. Uh, Brian, do you have anything to add to those points, more more clarifying points or more proof that 144 does not, in fact, equal one-third of the heavens? Just sitting here thinking, because you threw something at me, it was completely different here. Because right previous to that, you were bringing up the measure of geometry. You know, and most people don't recognize the fact that geometry was used in ancient times. It had everything to do with the measure of the dimensions of the Earth, you know, and encoded into the pyramid there. It's one, what is it, one four hundred thirty-two thousandth of a scale. I can't remember the exact number offhand. That's right. You said it right off the top of your... Yeah, here. Well, nonetheless, even as you go in latitude and longitude, your measure actually changes its uh, distance, and they found this to be the case, you know, going from the equator, the measure that they use, you know, quote-unquote the measuring rod, it changes its length depending on the uh, latitude and longitude where that specific uh, building was placed. Right, because, well, I'll just read my tweet uh, from today. 
144 is one-third of the 432 dimensions of the Great Pyramid. Uh, that exemplify that it is particularly accurate scale model of the Earth's dimensions, ladies and gentlemen, and it is 1 to 43,200. So, ladies and gentlemen, what Brian was describing, that distance is time, and they know that. They think that you're nuts, and of course, what's nuts? Not using the scripture. That That's what nuts is. That That's what they think you are if you come and want to debate these facts with them. They'll tell you all about 144. That's what built the pyramid. I mean, we've we've literally known this since the 1700s. So, Brad, back to you. One okay. last thing to point out, I guess, here, too, is if you take a look at on top of it in uh, Revelation 6, uh, verse 5. If you take note of the scale there, on top of it, you've also got a one-third scale. Four to week right. for denarius and three quarts for denarius. So you have, once again, one-third is being amplified to you, or a one-to-three right. scale. Exactly, ladies and gentlemen, like me and Brian have told you before. That is Mundos Novus. That's what Amerigo Vespucci called this place. He called it the New World. You can look this up in any geology textbook. That's one-third of the planet's surface. You take North, Central, South America and combine it with all of the accompanying Islands, ladies and gentlemen, the Caribbean, Cuba, it's one-third. I'm not lying to you because that extenuates down, of course, into portions of Antarctica. It's, it's one-third. It's exactly one-third. So God's trying to tell you, and he has told you in so many ways, but to Brian and I, it's just common sense. But you get someone that don't even know the proper you know, etymology or the proper uh, Greek or Hebrew word to ask us about, we, we have no point of reference to help you. I mean, if you need a hint, you don't have a clue. You don't have a single clue. I mean, it's like an elementary student that ha only knows mathematics walking up to a college professor and asking them about calculus. They are speaking completely different language. It, it's so far advanced that when an elementary school student does pick up a calculus book, they think it's it's just numbers and signs and symbols. They think it's pictures. They don't even realize it's math. I've done this before in a classroom, in church, actually. <laughs> because, ladies and gentlemen, just so you all know, I have taught all age groups at church. And in the last three churches, they would argue over me, so I would have to rotate. One Sunday, I'd have to teach the a senior Sunday school class. One Sunday, I would have to teach the adult Sunday school class. One Sunday, I would force me to rotate. So it's pretty important that you understand that. And, and you need to at least realize what are uh, the points of contention. If you're saying a word that makes somebody else mad, and that word was never in the Bible, and they even lie to you about which Strong's number it, it actually is, you probably shouldn't say it. You probably shouldn't approach that topic. I mean, we are commanded first and foremost not to argue. <laughs> so with all this in mind, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, I know Brian and I have just thrown a whole bunch of information on your head, but 
Now you can start actually putting a timeline together. As long as you remove Revelation chapters 8 through 13, oh, you can do it. Because you know exactly where you're going to be on that timeline. You're going to know before this event, everybody's in Egypt. Everybody. This whole planet has been slaved to the Ten Kings. Ladies and gentlemen, it, look, a mark has no value. A dollar has no value. A pesos has no value. It's all fiat currency. All of it. Nothing has any value anymore. And you work for it. You realize that does make you a slave. He's expecting you to know that. That's why the proportion of one-third was encoded into what he said when hyperinflation would set in. And by the way, he was telling you what really does have value on that day. Just food. Just food. And you realize he has supernaturally protected the denarius. You realize it still exists right now. But anyway, that's, that's beside the point. That's getting a little bit off topic. But if you do that, you can put together your timeline. Because what happens in between is exactly what's going on as the Israelites walk through the Red Sea. They were where they could not be. It was impossible for them to be there. So… With that in mind, I've probably uh, we've probably done a whole lot to help everybody out with the timeline. That is why the timelines that you see Brian and I post mark out this time, and we call it time topsy-turvy. That's what it is. You can't calculate time. Like I said, you need to get a hold of the book of Isaiah and signal out the parallel apocalypse. It's four chapters long, and then you go several chapters, and there's more that he has to add about the Millennial Kingdom. But this is why all the events that we've talked about thus far, including the numbers, is included in that parallel apocalypse. We've talked about the numbering, the two different groups, that's in Isaiah chapter 26. We've talked about when God kicked us off our axis, he is going to. That's why before this event, you have numbers like um, 1,290. After the event, when time is locked into place, we go back to 360-day years. We go back to exactly 30-day months. That's why he tells you times, time and a half time. He tells you it's also 42 months, and he also tells you it's 1,260 days. Time is perfect. Creation has been set back in order because he stood up. When he stands up, all creation follows suit. Now, we have experts on the ground that's already proved most of what we've talked about. You need to look up Dr. Paul LeViolette. He's proven it with the ice cores. He's proven it using chemical reactions that God is going to do exactly what he said. He's going to ride the cloud, and he's going to impact with Mount Paran. That's what he's going to do. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, on Twitter today I posted a whole lot because one random local TV station uh, covered some extremely good stuff today um, here over the past week. Um, they labeled it Sunshock. They had uh, one uh, piece that um, – was the actual preparing for the sun shock, and then the other one they did was the special report that gave you all the details. 
ladies and gentlemen, this has happened before, a gigantic electromagnetic pulse hitting this planet. Please look up the Carrington event. Only what Dr. Paula Violette has discovered is one comes from the core of the galaxy. He calls it a super wave. We cannot ingest that much power. We can't. It's going to superheat the core, which is going to split us apart. Just like he said, the Earth can only split one place where we'll, we will all survive it. Of course, that's the antipode to Mount Perron, the middle of the Pacific Ocean. When it does, I'm sure that you've all saw those uh, videos of an underwater nuclear detonation. No flames, no spo smoke, no sparks, just a huge, huge cloud of moisture that hyperventilates into a mushroom cloud. Imagine that occurring over thousands of miles. You see, because that's underneath five miles of water. The only reason why that the water at the bottom of the ocean don't freeze is because God, of course, turned H2O on its head. It's the only thing in nature that when it freezes, it actually expands. It does the exact opposite. That's what keeps it from freezing. So you can just imagine something with five miles of weight of water on top of it. So you're talking about super cold, super compressed water hitting magma temperatures. And I mean white-hot magma. Imagine seeing that nuke moisture mushroom cloud occur over, let's say, 5,000 miles of ocean. Of course, what's it going to look like? What's a crack like that going to appear like? Well, ladies and gentlemen, the sky is going to recede like a scroll, just like he told you. He told you it would. Now, whether you all believed him or not is really a mute point. It's just that you probably just didn't understand what he was talking about, how he was going to do it. He told you what he was going to do in Isaiah chapter 24. You already have the data, just like an elementary math student. You have the data. You've got the calculus textbook in your hand. You just didn't understand it yet, and there's no sin in that. There's no reason to get mad at people on Facebook because you don't understand it. There's no reason to act like you're not a Christian. I mean, if you're a Christian, act like it. I mean, if you lose your patience and lose your temper, send that person you're discoursing with a private message and do that in private. So potential Christians won't see you doing that. But this is the crux you need to understand. That those eight chapters, or those chapters, those six chapters of Revelation chapter 8 through Revelation chapter 13, time is topsy-turvy and the earth is wobbling. It's speeding up and slowing down and it's rotations in its revolutions per minute and its rotation around the sun. God actually told you that in the parallel apocalypse, Isaiah chapter 24. I don't understand why it confuses people. He told you up front what he was going to do. As for me, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, God bless, God speed. Uh, Brian, say goodbye and take us out of here. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. I'm blessed.